The, an annual report came out today uh, that deals with cancer in Ontario. Looking at treatments and times and percentages and all that kind of thing, it basically did a breakdown of this issue, which is obviously a huge issue across this province. And for Hamilton, it is, well, I'll call it a mixed bag. I'll let my next guest uh, tell me whether that's a fair comment to use or the appropriate comment to use. But the headline right off the top, and it's actually the headline in the story at the spec.com right now by my next guest, is that the city of Hamilton has the longest wait times for cancer surgery in Ontario. Joanna Frickitich, the health writer for the Hamilton Spectator, joins me now. Joanna, thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Scott. Uh, Before we get going on this, the group that does this report card, who are they? Is this a credible look at cancer in this province? Oh, absolutely. This is done by the Cancer Quality Council of Ontario. Um, That uh, is a long name, basically, to say that they are the advisory group to the province. So they uh, give the province uh, advice and information about cancer care in Ontario. So let's start with what I think and what you obviously thought was the underlying big thing here, the wait times for surgery for cancer in Hamilton being the longest. How is this even possible? Because we are known as a center for cancer excellence. We have a hospital just for cancer. We we seem to be designed to be a city that is able to deal with this. How could we have the worst wait times? Well, first of all, um, statistics now are mostly given out by local health integration networks. So unfortunately, we don't have statistics that are Hamilton-specific. So these statistics uh, cover Hamilton, Niagara, Brantford, Burlington. It's a wide area. Um, But uh, unfortunately, the report provides a lot of information, but it doesn't give you the why. So we don't really have a way to know exactly why it has the results it has. Now, Dr. Ralph Mayer, who's the head of the Cancer Center, um, he believes that at least part of the reason for the high wait times is that uh, men with prostate cancer are willingly lining lining up to get access to the Da Vinci robot at St. Joe's uh, Healthcare. So uh, that is... um, a very precise and cutting-edge technology that uh, is being tested at uh, St. Joseph's Healthcare. And uh, so sometimes the fact that we have cutting-edge technology in this area can actually increase the wait times because you have more people who uh, decide to line up and wait for that. Right, and because prostate cancer is generally a slower-growing, slower-developing one, you can wait a little bit longer, so it, it skews the numbers a little. It does. It skews the numbers a little bit. Although the other uh, surgery that uh, Dr. Mayer brought up as being something that's likely contributing to these numbers is gynecological cancer surgery. And um, again, part of that is a technological advance in that most of those surgeries now are done laparoscopically, uh, so with a very tiny incision. And um, that uh, gives patients better outcomes, but it means that they can do fewer surgeries in a day because that surgery takes longer to do. So because they can do fewer surgeries in a day, it has left them with a bit of a backlog, uh, especially because it's coming at a time where they're seeing more and more patients. So the province has actually just given uh, Jurovinsky Cancer Center funding to hire a fifth surgeon to do gynecological cancer surgery, as well as the surgeons from Jurovinsky have been going to Hamilton General on Saturdays to try and uh, make up uh, to try and make up this backlog. It, it almost sounds like a bizarre thing to say, but 
it seems as though because we have such good cancer treatment here, we can actually extend the wait times because we can maybe deal with the situations a little better. I I mean, it sounds almost odd to say that that would be the way it is, but if we can treat this so well, but it takes a little longer, then okay. Well, and the other thing is we are the regional center here, so it means that the toughest cases uh, come to Hamilton and that we take in patients from a very wide area here. Mm. Uh, And cancer care for a long time, um, there wasn't another cancer center in the area. Now there are uh, more cancer services with the Walker Family uh, Cancer Center in Niagara. So some of those cancer services are expanding, but we still get a large number of patients from around the region in Hamilton. And that, of course, uh, does impact our wait times. There is another thing in the report that I, I thought was really interesting, and it says it cites the failure to manage the symptoms of cancer patients after treatment. I, I'm not entirely sure what that means. My interpretation would be that after you have survived your cancer treatment, you've gotten past everything, it seems like it, we're, we don't have as many visits or as, as often that you're being checked. Is that what that is? No, actually what it is is that cancer patients are supposed to have their system their symptoms monitored once a month. So once a month when you know when they go in for their appointments, they're supposed to have healthcare providers um, talking to them about their pain management, about their mm, state of mind. Okay. This is a really important measure. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it's one that this report has long um, identified as an issue in Hamilton. And it's one that can really impact uh, a cancer patient um, because, you know, if a, a patient's pain is not being well managed, patients don't always feel comfortable to come out to their doctor and tell them that themselves. So sometimes the only way you would know that a patient is really struggling with the treatment or that a patient needs some extra support is through doing these types of monthly symptom screening. And uh, the fact that um, that is an area that we are not measuring up in is something that really needs some attention. Well, we're, we're actually way behind in that one. We are. Uh, we're at uh, about 40% of patients are screened um, once a month, and the target is 70%. So we are far off the target. Uh, the other thing that I saw, I, it's not in the story but is in the report, is that, um, you know, patients, um, fewer patients in this area also said that healthcare professionals responded um, to their worries or their concerns or their feelings of sadness. So definitely this is an area that has long been identified as, as um has long been flagged as a concern by the council and is one that, you know, really needs some attention. Is that essentially bedside manner? Well, it's a bit more than bedside manner. Um, It's actually making it part of your culture uh, in the hospital to make sure that this screening is done uh, once a month. So it's making sure to put in that time uh, during the appointment or to create uh, some sort of a system that once a month, you know, maybe it's that uh, patients fill out a form or maybe it's that they sit down with the healthcare provider. It's that the organization needs to set up a system that makes sure that those systems are captured once a month. One other thing that I wanted to jump on here, and we may get to more after this, but Hamilton does have this area, because it also, as you say, it also includes Burlington in the area, but we do have a higher, now not magnificently higher, not hugely higher, but we have a higher than the provincial average level of cancer. Uh, we have apparently 10% of the province, of the province's population lives around here, 12% of the cancer cases. Any suggestions why? 
Well, uh, some of that might be uh, because uh, we have a higher population over the age of 50. Um, so uh, whenever you have an older population, you um, might have more cancer cases. We have a, there are other diseases where we see that as well. The other thing that is a big issue in this area is that we have higher smoking rates in this area. And smoking is definitely a big driver of many types of cancer. So, you know, for example, the Ontario average is 19% of adults uh, smoking daily or occasionally. And um, in this Lynn, uh, it's uh, over 23%. So that would be a big factor. Any, well, yeah, obviously it would because that, and, and I mean, I, I, looking through it clearly, it also looks now marginally uh, less than that, but we're also apparently a little fatter and a little boozier than a lot, a lot of other places in Ontario. So you mix all those things together and probably some of these cancer cases are, I don't know if the word predictable is right, but you could anticipate some of them. Yes, uh, risk factors for cancer, and these are also risk factors for a number of other disease, um, have, are known to be higher uh, here in, in Hamilton. And, uh, and it's something that uh, we've long struggled with trying to deal with. The Public Health Department has a number of different programs trying to take aim at uh, these risk factors that we have, but so far no one has really been able to change these results in many, many years. Joanne, I don't know if it's if you can answer this, but, but does poverty affect this? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Our Code Red series uh, showed that as well, the Steve Buse Code Red series that found that uh, in certain parts of uh, Hamilton that people had drastically different health conditions, sometimes third world health conditions. And um, one of the factors for that is that you, you do see these risk factors higher in those areas for a number of reasons uh, to do, you know, with with poverty. Unfortunately, these risk factors sometimes go hand in hand with that. This report card, is it better? Is it showing improvement or is it showing a step back from the last one? Do you know? Well, in some areas, we did show improvement. Our cancer wait times... um, they showed very slight improvement, so that's a good news story. There are some areas where we saw um, improvement, but there were some areas um, where we were, where, uh, we were going the wrong direction, and one of them, unfortunately, is in cancer screening, um, which is another uh, issue that has long been flagged in this area. So the number of uh, women who ages uh, 30 to 69 who have been um, who have all of their screening is uh, who've done all their screening is only about one third. So that's really low numbers. Um, and the provincially, the numbers aren't much better, but we are uh, always lower in Hamilton and falling. It's why we have uh, created some. Uh, ways in Hamilton to try and fix that problem, such as there's actually a bus that goes around to try and help uh, get uh, citizens in Hamilton screened. So it will go to places where, for a variety of reasons, uh, maybe for because of cultural barriers or it's areas where people are less likely to have family doctors or where people have a harder time getting time off work, you know, areas of the city where that is, this mobile unit will go there and actually screen people right in their community, trying to, you know, fix the fact that our screening rates continue to fall here. Interesting. Well, you can read more about what Joanne has written. Uh, she does have a piece up at thespec.com right now under the headline, Hamilton Cancer Surgery Waits the Worst in Ontario, and it'll be in the paper tomorrow if you want to grab the uh, the Dead Tree edition of The Spectator. You can find it there as well. Joanna, thanks for doing this tonight. Thanks for having me.